This week on Stay in the Truck, we'll preview the Big Ten. Grab you a cold beverage and let's go. Welcome to Stay in the Truck, the ultimate podcast for sports enthusiasts and avid gamblers alike. Each week, we'll provide you with invaluable insights, analysis, and tips to elevate your game. We can be found on all major podcasts and social media outlets. See the show notes for details. Stick around to the end to hear this week's most boneheaded sports moments with our Stay in the Truck Awards. So let's jump right into this week's show. Let's get started here. We're going to talk about the Big Ten. So the Big Ten last year finished with three teams finishing in the top 25. And this year they've got five teams. That's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, and Wisconsin that are all preseason ranked AP top 25. Let's start with champs, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. 13-1 last year straight up, 8-5-1 against the spread. They lost to TCU in the first round of the college playoffs. sucks that that's your blemish. Hey. A team that got beat worse than anybody else ever in a national championship game is the team that beat you and kept you from going undefeated. They decided that they wasn't going to tackle anybody. (laughs) I mean, just, you know. um, Made made an executive decision. Yeah, I guess so. Um, They beat Ohio State the last two years. Um, They're – Looking at Harbaugh is looking at he don't know one or two, three, four game suspension to start the season. But let's start with the offense that's averaged forty plus points a game in two thousand twenty two. They got eight starters coming back. The two headed monster. Oh, Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. Um, they're combined, that's twenty five touchdowns just from them two. And they got a freshman out of North Cobb High School, Benjamin Hall. He's a three-star, but they loved him. Said he looked great in the spring game. Uh, I've heard some criticism about when they were playing TCU. Quorum uh, went down. Who was going to be the, you know, Edwards didn't get a breather. They didn't have anybody to back him up. Well, they think they found their third back and maybe their future star in the kid from North Cobb. Yeah, that loss <laughs> to TCU uh, was eye-opening, though. I mean, that was not a good Horn Frogs defense. Um, I mean, Georgia ran all over them. I mean, Corum did get hurt, fair enough, but, man, I, that was just a surprise to see. I mean, it was a close game, but Michigan losing that game was just eye-opening. Well, you, let's just say this. Jim didn't want Kirby to get his ass two years in a row. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it was. Maybe, so. maybe he's but, a little scared. But, look, J.J. McCarthy, he's coming back, 2,700 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's been his knock, the way he, where he throws the ball, he throws it in traffic. In the spring game, to end to end his spring game this past spring, he threw an interception again. And you know Jim Harbaugh, he, he can't stand that. So he's going to have to clean it up. If they're going to be national champion contenders, got to clean up the turnovers. You got the two running backs. You got Benjamin Hall now that's going to be settled in for the third back. Their biggest glaring weakness on offense is definitely the receivers. They got – Cornelius Johnson coming back, who's a senior, six touchdowns. Roman Wilson, a junior, four touchdowns. But they they wouldn't be the number one on any team like Ohio State. You know, Ohio State, they're loaded with number ones. Right. So they're going to have to figure out something there. You know, maybe they make plays. We don't know. But that's going to be their downfall there. But their offensive line, Joe Moore Ward, two years in a row. Yep. 145 career starts. I was about to say, he recruits big <laughs> linemen. He does a good job recruiting linemen. And he puts them in the NFL. Yep. You know, so 
But that's, you know, look, Harbaugh, Harbaugh came back to Michigan, if everybody remembers, when Denver fired Nathaniel Hackett. That was like, you know, Harbaugh went out there two or three times to interview for the Broncos job. Then the Colts, he went out there and, and, and was going to interview with the Colts. But I really think the boosters come to him and talk, you know, because last year he took a – he gave up some of his salary because of the year, the bad year they had before in the past two years. So maybe he was looking to go, but he sees this team that he's got coming back. I think he decided, hey, this might be my best shot. Yeah, I agree. This seems like his best team that he's had since he's been there. The O-line is stout, like you said. Um, they got a guy in from Arizona State. Offensive tackle Ladarius Henderson coming in could be a um, in the mix for Big Ten honors. So um, with that two-headed monster running behind that O line, they could be uh, legit, legit as far as a running team. But yeah, like you said, they're going to need something to counter counteract that uh, rushing attack, uh, push those safeties back a little bit, take them out of the box. So we'll see if they can do it. Well, they're, they're going to have. I really think you're going to see a lot of two tight end formations here. Uh, that. Colston Loveland, the freshman, they love him. And then the kid they got out of Indiana, A.J. Barner, he's got Big Ten, all Big Ten written all over him. They love him. So, And, and that's something, you know, you think about a, a NFL head coach, the way they do their formation, run first, you know, get the line going, line the tight ends up. If you can get somebody that can move the chains, whether it's the running backs or if you get off the run, let the tight ends get the ball move the chains. I, th I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think their offense, they might not score 40 points every game this year, although their strength of schedule is 57th in the nation. And they, those first four or five games, six games, seven games, the more I look at it, eight games, nine games, they, they, might, they might score more than 40 points. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a real challenge until Penn State. November, November 11th. 11th. So, yeah. But on September 23rd, they do get Rutgers. <laughs> which which is always a critical matchup be a good football for day. the wolverines <laughs> yeah yeah so you got that right all right so looking at this schedule you know they've got a lot of time to prepare but the end of their schedule is super hard well yeah. what michigan are you looking at the same schedule i'm looking at penn state notre dame maryland or penn state maryland ohio state correct yeah. well they're favored by 16 over maryland but yeah. Yeah. Penn State, Ohio State, sure. Last two out of the three. Well, Maryland's also a home game, too, for Maryland. Yep. Yeah. Yep. At the Snake Pit. Yeah. I mean, Maryland could surprise some people. We'll talk about them in a bit. But, um, well, but let, but, you know, they can lean on their defense. Seven starters back, only allowed 16 points a game last year. They did lose a defensive lineman, a defensive end, and a safety to the NFL. Well, they also, Jesse Mentor is his second year's defensive That's coordinator. That's right. So his first year coming in, he made some major improvements. So what's he going to do having two years to work with these kids? Now they probably understand his program a little better. Yeah. So might be one of the first Big Ten teams we've te seen with a real legitimate defense. Yeah, and he went to the portal. Yeah. You know, he went to the portal, got uh, Josiah Stewart out of Car Coastal Carolina, who is a huge pass rusher, and that's they need that. They really do need that. If, if that didn't tell you when they played TCU, they, they couldn't even get back there to Max Dugan. So, you know, they're, they're trying to load up. He, he's going to the portal like everybody else is now. It's just the, the day and time we live in. 
Last year, their defense ranked in the top 10 in a whole bunch of categories. They were number seven in scoring defense, number six in total defense, number seven in rush defense, number seven in fourth down conversions. They were tied for seventh in red zone defense and uh, ninth for first downs allowed. That's a whole lot of categories to be in the top 10. So, you know, as much as uh, we're SEC fans and we're from the deep south, you got to give them credit where credit's due. They held it down D. All right, so um, finishing up with Michigan here, uh, where you guys see their over-under, how many wins you think they get, so forth, so on. Let's start with you, Jeff. Well, I, I went ahead and I played Michigan plus 180 to win the Big Ten. Um, again, I got them going 12-0. and 0. Ooh. You know, and we'll see what happens, but but that's what, that's what I got them going. And I went ahead and played them over 10 and a half wins. Well, yeah, you'd have to. You have so, one in the Big Ten. Yep. You got no choice. Got no choice. Got to double down. I don't know, man. That ten and a half toes looking uh, looking tough. You got Penn State and Ohio State rounding out uh, two of the last three games. Maryland is not going to be a laydown no. coming in between them. So that's going to be three tough games in a row. So you got two tough games back-to-back, no bye weeks, no weeks off. You got Penn State, Maryland, then Ohio State. All right. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Jeffrey. I think they're 12 and 0. I think they're 11 and 0 coming into Ohio State, biggest game in the year uh, for the Big Ten. We'll see. I think it's going to be 11 and 0 Ohio State versus 11 and 0 Michigan, but we'll see. Well, here's the good thing: if they do get through Penn State, and Maryland, that's 11 wins. So I hit that. Yeah. I I gotta you know I can figure out what I want to do if I want to go ahead and try to get some money back off that Big Ten bet, depending on what they look like or you know right. how it's going. So. We'll see what happens. All right, so they're looking for their third consecutive conference title. Um, and this game um, against Ohio State will, you know, basically decide Big Ten East and um, ultimately the Big Ten Championship. So it's a lot of pressure. Yep. I hope they do it. I like to see Ryan Day sweat. Yeah, the funniest thing to me is the uh, Ohio State fans calling for Day's head after he's – taken him to the promised land and uh well he hasn't taken him to the promised land but he's had the best uh start ever in school history in his first um six years five years 46 and seven or something yeah i mean better than trestle better than woody hayes even um and they're calling for his head just because he's lost to michigan the last two years so but the way he lost he they gave up 87 points and over a thousand yards in the last two games in michigan think about that so that raises questions right there. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, you know, they beat them 45 to 23 last year. Beat that ass. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, this leads us right into Ohio State, though. Let's go. So let's get it. Ohio State. They are, they were 11 and 2 last year, straight up, 6 6 and 1 against the spread. They lost to Georgia. 41-42 in the college football playoffs. They gave up 467 yards and 41 points in the loss. They finished fourth in uh, the top 25 in 2022, and they are ranked preseason number three for this year. Yeah, it seems to me like it's Georgia, Bama, OSU, Michigan. The rest are uh, playing for second fiddle. But Well, Jeff had Clemson going um, undefeated as well, so – yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that other teams won't get there. I'm just saying I don't think, at least in my opinion, I don't see any team outside of those four winning the college football playoff. And it'll be interesting to see if Michigan and Ohio State get back in. Yeah. So, you know, but there's no way they leave Clemson out if they're undefeated. No, yeah. there's no way. Yeah, 100% agree. So what happens? 
hypothetically, I know I'm jumping jumping uh, topics here, but what happens if you get an undefeated Clemson and uh, in, a, in a in a championship game against Florida State? And you got a one-point game or a field goal at the end of the game or an overtime game, and both of those teams look better than these Big Ten teams. That's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, obviously we can't tell what happens, but it's going to be real interesting to see. So the in, media is high on Florida, Florida State. Okay, so in that scenario, it would be a one-loss Florida State playing an undefeated Clemson, and Florida State's only loss to that so point would be Clemson. Clemson in a real close and then game. they beat them in the championship game. Right. What happens then? I, I, yeah, what's going to happen? Because can't the four teams go this year? If an undefeated Georgia beats an undefeated Alabama in the SEC championship game in a close game, they're both going. They're both going, right? So yeah. what's gonna, they get the happen? benefit. They get the benefit. So I anyway. don't know if they'll give. I, that would be that would be very interesting, especially to see. if these are blowouts or you know something weird happens. Well, especially if it's a uh, if if it's a one loss Michigan. A one-loss Ohio State, which one of them wouldn't be able to play for the title, right? Or, or and a one-loss Penn State, because Penn State can come out of the bottom there, right? So. I don't know. So, what do you think about Ohio State? You got them at ten and a half. I, I think it all comes down to Brian Hartline. What's he going to do? Well, you know, he made an interesting comment after uh, the spring game. Uh, you know, he's the new OC there, yep, and uh, he said. All these guys we're recruiting, if they can't find a spot on the field to play, then good luck to them. <laughs> so, but and, and look, Hart, Hartline's a guy who wants a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah. He wants a head coaching job somewhere. So, you know, he's very aggressive, very, very aggressive. Um, he has Kyle McCord coming in. Can he do it? Can Kyle I, McCord do I, it? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I have my reservations. Everything I'm hearing and reading, Devin Brown, the redshirt freshman, if he he's got a hurt hand, so he didn't play that much in the spring. Uh, the fall camp's going to be big for him, but I think that's the one they really want. They want Devin Brown to step up. Some point during the season, Kyle McCord's going to fuck up. Devin well, Brown's going to come in, save the day, and they're going to be off and running. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, CJ Stroud's uh, shoes aren't going to be easy to fill. So. No. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, he's got all the weapons, though. I mean, Kate Strover's a senior, had five touchdowns, four hundred six yards last year at tight end. Marvin Harrison Jr., that dude is a stud. Yeah. Best receiver in the nation. Egbuka, right behind him. Yeah. They got a stud running back, Travion Henderson. Uh, yeah, they're – Mayan Williams, they like him. Yeah, I mean, they they, they – got studs everywhere. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're loaded in the skill yeah. positions. Yeah. So, the, the, I, I'm curious how many games this year the defense saves them. Well, I, I to me, I think that's going to be a problem again. I think the defense can be terrible. I think they're going to be terrible. Too. Uh, they can get thrown on. Uh, last year, when they when they got tied up, they were they had to go to Maryland. They ended up winning that game forty three to thirty, but it wasn't anywhere as far as that score looks. Maryland was in that game. And Knowles, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State, exactly. Oklahoma State used to have those fifty to sixty games, sixty to seventy yeah. games. I mean, Soon to be friend of the meets. show, Mike Gundy did not miss him when he left. I I, I don't think so. No, not a chance. Glad to see him. I hate to see you leave, but I love to see you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those deals. The uh, the Penn State game, they're favored and they're minus nine. That's um, I think that's going to be a huge test for them. Well, you know, so their defense, it, it, they got they're going to have a lot of moving parts. Okay, I don't know how good they're going to be against the run, but I'm telling you, they can be thrown on. So that's all going to come down to the Penn State offensive line and quarterback, in my opinion. But here's another – we're talking about how bad the defense is or how bad we're projecting it to be. Ohio State's 24-10 and 10 to the over in the last three years. 
Now, a lot of that is they do, you know, C.J. Stroud scores a lot of points, but you got to remember they were setting them totals in the 60s. So, not only are they scoring a lot of points, they're giving up points too. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a game I'm interested in, September 23rd, that day. We need to put that day on our calendar. They're, they got to go to Notre Dame. Ohio State's got to go to Notre Dame. They're laying eight and a half. Let me tell you this nugget I heard from one of the best college football cappers that I know of, a guy named Paul Stone. The last nine years, Notre Dame is six and one as a home dog and six and one straight up when the point spread is a one is a score or less. One score or less. So that's gonna be close right there. Um I think that and we'll talk about Notre Dame in another day, but I think that's a big game because, look, look, guys, they go to Indiana to start the season. Okay, I got them as 30-point favorites. Then they get Youngstown State, in-state, if you want to call it a rival or whatever, then Western Kentucky. So they got three warm-up games to get ready to go to Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame plus the points in that game. Yeah, we'll talk about Notre Dame later, like you said, but who does – does anybody – do you know off the top of your head who Notre Dame starts with, one, two, three? Yeah, they uh, – well, I know no, they start with Navy to start the season off. Oh, yeah, that's right, over in Ireland or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, so so they got a couple of warm-up games too, So, oh, yeah. which we'll talk about Navy too, but the interesting thing about Navy is they're getting away from the triple option. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the independent schools on down the road. But Perfect. Yeah, so uh, I, I went ahead and I bet under 10.5 wins for Ohio State at plus 105. I think they lose at least three games. Really? Woo! So, man. Furf. You know where their first loss is going to come? I hope it's Notre Dame. <laughs> I hope it's Notre Dame. <laughs> then All Maryland. Right. I bet you're. Uh, I bet you're getting chirpy on Maryland over there, Smith. I don't know. I know we're going to get to it in a minute. But you know who my Big Ten dog is going to be this year? Penn State. Nope. Oh, Wisconsin. Yep. Wisconsin with Luke Fickle from Cincinnati and their new offensive coordinator. They got the uh, – well, we'll talk about them in a minute. We'll get more detail. But let's talk about this. October 28th at Wisconsin, they're getting up 17.5. That's because nobody knows this Wisconsin team. Yep. Nobody knows how to grade them. So, I think you got to keep a close eye on those first five or six games from Wisconsin. And I think Ryan Day needs to circle that date on his calendar because if he survives Notre Dame, that's going to be – I hope that's a night game, too. And it's after Penn State. So, you know how hard that's going to be to come oh. off of Penn State going into Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Woo, boy. Yeah. You might be on to something with that under 10 and a half. I like that at plus money. And we'll see. And, and like I said, it, it, to me, we're still not sure about the quarterback. Yes, the receivers are great. The running backs are going to be there. Can the defense, are they going to be able to hold up? We'll yeah. find out. And they lost a uh, tackle and center to the NFL, but they reloaded with a uh, couple guys from the transfer portal. Um, Josh Fryer's coming in. Um, oh, sorry, he he was already there, but Josh Fryer will need to step up and replace uh, Paris Johnson uh, that went to the Cardinals. And then they got a uh, guy, Josh Simmons, coming in from San Diego State at six five three oh five. So he could uh, make a uh, spot there in that starting O line that could help him uh, replenish that. Uh, O-line depth a little bit. So we'll see. How about the... Uh, this might be their toughest schedule in years. I think so. Because right, usually they've got a bunch of laydowns. Yeah. You know? 
And, and they're bullies, man. I mean, look, when they beat somebody, they do. Uh, Ryan Day, will, he has, he's like Sprayer. He has no problem oh, yeah, he'll run it up. at pouring it on. So, But when they have to play somebody that can play. I see them. Hey, listen, I think you're on something. They could lose four games. I mean, I don't think they will. But, but they could. four potential losses. Yeah. And when they got four potential losses, you can't bet the over on 10 and a half. Mm. All uh, right, so we're betting the under 10 and a half on uh, Ohio State. Yep. How about uh, moving into the old Nittany Lions? Penn State, James Franklin's 10th year. He needs to beat Ohio State and Michigan, which he hadn't done yet in the same season. Last year they were 10-2 and two straight up, 9-3-1 and one against the spread. They get eight starters back on offense. Sean Clifford, he's gone. Green Bay drafted him. He threw for 11,000 yards and 86 touchdowns in the 10 years that he played there. So, they're going to they're gonna miss him, but they got Drew Aller, Mr. Ohio in high school. He's a stud. Looks like a stud. NFL He's arm. He's a stud on paper. Number one QB in the class of 2022. Is he a winner on the field, though? Well, we're going to find out. He was Mr. Ohio in high school, so I'm assuming that, you know, he kicked everybody's ass they played. But right. Look, they're going to be tempted to let Drew Aller throw a gajillion times a game. But uh, Penn State was 10 and 0 last year when running for over 160 yards. So they got to keep pounding the rock, feed Nicol- Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Do not get away from uh, the run game, or otherwise they're going to get caught. I mean, between them two, they had 2,000 yards rushing and 12 or 22 touchdowns. Singleton. Was, they have same head coach, same OC, so they're not going to change up the game plan. No. They're going to round up. And they want they want that quarterback to play well. And for him to play well, for them to open up secondary, they're going to pound the ball down people's throat. Yeah, I mean. A little SEC football coming to the Big Ten right there. Yeah, well, look, play Singleton. action passing. Singleton rushed for over 100 yards four times last year. One of them he did it at Jordan-Hare against my Auburn Tigers. He put 125 yards on him, and he's still running. I mean, here's the, the, the whole thing is – they get Fashanu coming back on the offensive line to left tackle. That's really about it. But they say he's a great run blocker, but can he hold up against the pass rush? They're not real sure about that. So that's that's going to be a problem. You know, you, you cannot be one-dimensional in this day and age. Yeah, especially you have a, a young, unproven quarterback. That's going to be uh, – that may be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to have your left tackle back. But if he can't stop a pass rush, then – you know, but but they're talking about coming Fashanu. from your blind side. Yeah, and they're talking about him being drafted. You know, like one of the top one, two, or three offensive linemen to go in the NFL draft. So, you know, we'll see. But look at the defensive side of the ball. They get eight starters back. They were number one in the Big Ten last year in sacks and tackles for loss. Manny Diaz. This will be his second year. He loves to get to the passer. So he, you know, he's going to play. He's going to have them boys playing like their hair is on fire. Defensive line. Uh, they get Chop Robinson back. Five and a half sacks. Ideas as Isaac, he's a defensive end. He had four sacks last year. And the one to watch for is Danny Dennis Sutton. He's a sophomore. Raised havoc in the spring game. Everybody was raving about him. So the defense just gets stronger. I think they're going to feel some um, some pain from losing uh, Joey Porter, though, to the Steelers. So he's, he's pretty tough to replace. As a Steeler fan, I'm kind of excited about that. Well, well, Johnny Dixon's coming in to replace Porter. He's going to have to lock up that other side alongside uh, future NFLer Kalen King. So, yeah, and secondary should be solid. Johnny's a senior, so he's he's played. You know, he, he's got plenty of plenty of snaps under him. Um, the linebacking crew, you know, forever wasn't Penn State linebacker. You, 
I mean, they were always, you know, they always had the linebackers. Uh, this Carter kid, six and a half sacks, and then they got another freshman, Tony Rojas, another one in the spring game that just wreaked havoc. From what I read about the spring game, the number two defense blew away the number one offensive line, the number two defense. Ooh. So I don't want to compare them to an SEC defensive-wise, but I think that's what – honestly, I think that's what all these teams are trying to do. Right. You know, they've well, seen they've seen the layout, right, the know, blueprint. You take what Kirby did in, in Alabama mm-hmm. and then what he's doing at Georgia. You've got NFL teams now. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. They've got six starting defensive linemen. They would be starters on any other NFL team because they're going to start taking that, that, um, that angle of, hey, every two plays – Rotate those defensive linemen, yeah. and they're going to wear down those offensive lines. And then, and that's what, uh, and that's what Kirby did, and, it, and it, the, it's a recipe for success. And he's done it his whole career at multiple schools, and, and the NFL starting to do it. And I think it's just going to take fire, just the same way the the West Coast offense did, and the same yeah. way you know the trends that come through. Yeah, you know, somebody does something that works, everybody takes uh, adapts it into their program. Well, they're you know they're favored to win their side of the conference. Uh, they're Plus five fifty, their third favorite. Plus five fifty to win the Big Ten. Uh, they got a nine and a half win total. Um, I got them six and zero coming into Ohio State, and I am on the fence about that game. Well, I'm. I like. I like Penn State plus nine. Whether or not they win the game straight up. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's Here, safe. Here's a here's a good nugget about that game. One and eight straight up, but they're seven and two against the spread. The last nine games against Ohio State. Nice. Odds. So maybe the odds be in your favor. There's your bet. <laughs> yep. All right. And so then, I'll, I'll tell you this: um, the September 23rd date's really, um, really peaking its head again. So well, that's a I good think game. They though. Got their, their first big test against Iowa. Yeah, you're right. September 23rd. Listen, that's that's must see TV. Obviously, we we've have all the TVs on. Yes. Monday. So uh, they're what 15 point favorite over Iowa. So. You know, that's giving that is giving Penn State a lot of respect, though. Yeah, it I is, think it I, is in Penn State, so that's going to be. You got them at nine and a half. I think the floor on them is ten. I think the only two games that they got questioned with is going to be Ohio State and Michigan. So, so even if they lose both those games, they're ten and two, and they and the overs a safe bet. So here's here's, and I got this highlighted over here. Got to go to Maryland, November fourth. Got to go to the Snake Pit. For, I, if we keep talking about Maryland again, you know that's another one. Hey, we talked about them before. So I don't um, think they're big enough up front on defense. I don't think yeah. the defensive line. If this quarterback, if, if Drew doesn't play the way okay. they think, exactly, they can still run for first down. So that was my the clock. This is my only hesitation. Him, him, and that offensive line. Those are my only hesitations of not going over nine and a half. I'm just not sure, but you know. I do, I do like, I do like that though. If I yeah. had, if I had to do anything, I'm going over nine and a half. Hey, I'm going, I'm going eleven and one. Eleven and one. I'm going. They run the table and get beat by Michigan. I got them. I got them going ten and two. Yeah. So. I got no clue. So, Penn State just confuses me. I don't know where they're going to be. No, but I definitely think that in my in my opinion. They're the second best team in the big. I think they're better than Ohio State. I just said, mm-hmm. hey, I just I, said, it. I think so. Yeah. 
So, well, there's a zinger. You know, we we might get back into this one loss. Uh, what what if Penn State's undefeated and loses to Michigan in the Big Ten championship? Well, and all these teams that we're talking about right now, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, I think the reason Michigan has the edge is because they've got a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy that's been there for several years, that's been with the coaching, that's been inside that program. All they, these other schools have new quarterbacks coming in, and maybe by the end of the season those guys are going to be yeah. cooking on all cylinders. Yeah. But if you had to make predictions now – I got to go with the guy that's got the experienced seasoned quarterback who knows his mistakes and he's ready to get out there and make a name for yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. I love Michigan because returning quarterback, great O line, two headed monster running backs coming back. I mean, solid defense, too. They're going to be solid. On yeah. Defense, yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, moving on from Penn State, we talked a little bit about uh, Maryland. Let's jump into the uh, Terrapins and see what they're coming with this year. We've talked about them several times already. Uh, they're 60 to one to win the Big Ten. Their win total set at seven. Mike Loxley's coming back for a sixth season. Just got a new deal through 2027. For uh, if that name sounds familiar to anybody, he was Saban's OC for a while. He was the head coach at New Mexico. Um, great, great offensive mind. They like him. They like him. They signed him for a long time. I mean, he might not be Ralph Regan, but it, for Maryland, he's he's. I, th- I think he's doing what they want him to do. He's trying to build the program back up, be respectable. Um, you look at the offensive side of the ball, he's got five starters coming back. He lost two receivers to the NFL, though. So that's two weapons for Talia Tagovailoa. That's I still can't say Tagovailoa. To his little bro. Man. I know. I just To his little bro. But here, here's something very interesting to me. Um, Mike Loxley, like I said, you know, he's the offensive guy. But he's got dual – Brand new dual OCs. Kevin Sumlin, Johnny Manziel, fame at Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, Texas A&M. Yep. And Josh Gaddis, who got run the hell out of Miami. He got run out of Michigan several years ago. I don't understand that at all. I'm not sure about that. Matter of fact, Mike Loxley, at, I think it was halftime at the spring game. They interviewed him. He was like, well, what do you think about the way your offense is going? He said, it's, it's better to watch paint dry. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, this guy. Listen, this guy had uh, Johnny Football, and Johnny Football was on a his uh, oh, yeah. press release coming out this week. Oh, you know, yeah. with a lot of highlights from his uh, documentary. Guy didn't watch any film, never zero pad iPad hours. Never watched a single bit of film on any game they ever played. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, yeah. So, so but that was kind of confusing me. I, I don't, and I'm sure Loxley will. You know, in the end, when it's time to game plan, I'm sure he'll be making sure that it's just it's the way he wants it. But they do have a talent in Tagovailoa, 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. He did have eight turnovers. Another interesting fact, little little Tua come out a couple of weeks ago and said he turned down a million and a half NIL deal from an SEC school, and immediately everybody thought it was Florida or Auburn. Immediately. So I don't know. I don't put it past them guys at Auburn one bit, especially when we – I mean – but that's for an, another pod. But but that was very interesting because people all you know tell, well how much money are they really you know what is this nil how much is it really well he just flat out told you he turned down a million and a half to go to the sec right wonder if that's because uh, Maryland countered or yeah and and you know I would have if I if I would have just stopped reading after that I'd have been like well Saban's trying to go get him right yep because they don't have a quarterback either yeah you're hundred percent right. That's the biggest question mark on their uh, entire team, I think, this year. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, speaking of the offense, I mean, you, they've got some weapons, as uh, Jeff mentioned there. The offense rocks. This team is going to be okay. Uh, they were 7-0 and last year when putting up more than 400 yards, and they were 0-5 when they didn't. So uh, they're going to need to get that offense running. they got Roman Hemby coming back. He you know, had almost 1,000 yards, 10 TDs. Um, got some nice receivers coming back. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that, that Tyrese Chambers, uh, the receiver that's coming in out of FIU, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. Yeah, but can Tua Talio, Tua Talio, whatever his name is. Well, I mean, look. Tua Jr. I'm just going to say that. It's yeah, I mean, 3,000 yards. He's slinging it. Yeah, but he, but he throws a pick when he's under pressure. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. But hey, I'm he, not sold th- on he's, he's another. This is another he year. He shows out against shit teams. Well, he does. He, like, he Pad stats. Right. Yeah, so. But this is another year for him, so, you know, maybe, may, maybe he can make the transit. We'll, we'll know. I mean, we'll yeah, know. it won't take yeah. long. You know, but their offensive line, eh, you know, can they pass block? Because if they cannot pass block. He's done. He, he's he's, yeah. he's going to be hurt just like his brother got hurt. That's right. He's no Pat Mahomes. He can't throw from his back. So. You got him at seven wins. I got seven as their cap. I think they're capped out at seven. I think they go seven and five again. I think that uh, – they're just kind of lost in the pack in that Big Ten with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. I think they're just kind of in the shadows. I don't see them breaking out of the shadows. I think Wisconsin breaks through the shadow this year a little bit, and Maryland just stays in the middle of the pack. Well, they're probably going to come out 5-0, and right? Maybe Michigan State they lose, but every other game they're favored by double digits. And then they got that Ohio State matchup on October 7th. No way you see them winning that. Then Illinois is going to be good. Illinois. But they'll they'll blow Northwestern out. Yep. And I don't think Penn they're going to Penn State probably lose. Nebraska I got them going. Lose. I got them going eight and four. So, um, that's we'll see. You know, I I went ahead. I did bet over seven minus one thirty. Um, maybe that Nebraska coin flip game there. They they got to get that one. Really need them to make sure that that they get the Illinois game. If they can get the Illinois game. Then and they get them at home, so I'll feel a lot better about about the over seven wins. But hey, if they go seven and five, then you know I I just push. Well, they're going to lose to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. So there's three, and then they've got three coin toss games. I need them to get them. I mean, you know, it's hard to bet when you got three coin coin toss games. But if they do, if they lose all three of them, that's seven wins. No, that's five, six wins. Yeah, I need them to get two out of three. That's why I had them at seven because yeah, I figured I, I think need them they're going to gonna, I think they're gonna win one of those three. So, so, all right. But they they they'll be a fun team to watch. I got a feeling we'll see a lot of them uh, on some of those ESPN games too. You know, so. All right, so let's shift gears and let's talk about Michigan State. Talk about Sparty. How about Mel Tucker with the uh, contract of a lifetime? This guy signed a. Uh, 10-year, $95 million contract. Thank you, Kenneth Walker. All to go 5-7. and seven. Woo. Yeah, all to go 5-7. and seven. I mean, this guy is the uh, fifth highest salary in college football behind uh, names like Saban, Dabo, Kirby, Brian Kelly, then it's Mel Tucker. I mean, I'm a huge Mel Tucker guy being um, a Georgia Bulldog, but man... Did that guy really uh, spin that into some money? Yeah, he, he got uh, – when Kenneth Walker left Wake Forest and decided to transfer up there to East Lansing, they only lost two games that year. <laughs> so, 
they automatically said, "Oh, look, we got us a, uh, we got us the future, home run hitter." And then last year happened. Yeah, he's twenty three and twenty one overall uh, at the school. So, yikes! Yeah, he, listen, he, you know how Saban uh, resurrects all these careers, and looks like Kirby's Kirby might be in that with uh, Bobo and Muschamp, right? Well, he he might be ready to get him another one here pretty soon. Yeah, you got that right. Well, he's a defensive-minded coach, and they ranked 110th overall last year in uh, total defense, and they were 101st in pass defense. I mean, these these guys got more holes than a damn cheese grater, (laughs) a Mississippi mud hole. I mean, holy smokes. You can just light it up and take them deep all over the field with these guys. Yeah, they're 100 to 1 to win the Big Ten. Their win total is set at 5.5. They have the second toughest schedule in the nation this year. Do they really? Yeah. I did not know that. Second, second toughest. And on top of that, their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, he transfers to Auburn after the spring game. Peyton Thorne, he led them in all passing last year. He transfers to Auburn after the spring game. They lost their number one receiver, Keon Coleman, after the spring game to FSU, who was – he was in six – five games last year, he was the leading receiver. He went over 100 yards in three of those five games. Um, they got this redshirt junior, Noah Kim. He played three games, 175 yards, three touchdowns. And they got a redshirt freshman in Caton Hauser that looks to be the next one, but he's never played. So um, – <laughs> A sophomore from UConn transferred in, Nathan Carter, to run the ball. They do have Antonio Gates Jr. He's a true freshman, and everybody remembers his dad from the Chargers fame. So, you oh, know, yeah. I'm sure he's got talent. So, what position his does dad he play? Was pretty he's good. a receiver. A receiver, okay. Because yeah, his dad receiver. was tied in, right? Yeah. Yep. Does he return also? I don't I don't know if he's returning kicks or not. I, I doubt it, but he may be. Um, they do get seven starters back on the defense, but – they were 101st in the nation in past defense. So, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yeah, they may have needed those guys to move on. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're not going to sit here and, and just talk and talk and talk about them like we have Ohio State, Michigan, and them. But uh, I went ahead and I laid 160 and I went under five and a half. And do they win four games? Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to beat Central Michigan. They're going to beat Richmond 1-2 right out of the gate, right? And then it's And then what? And then it's good luck. Maybe Indiana at the end of the year. Washington loss, Maryland loss, Iowa loss. Rutgers, maybe they can win that one. Maybe. Michigan loss, Minnesota loss, Nebraska. I got them five and seven tops. Ohio State getting their butts kicked. Indiana, maybe. Penn State destroyed. So I, I got them five and seven, so that's, I went ahead and went under the five and a half. Yeah, I got them maybe four wins. Yeah. I was being gracious. Yeah, I think four wins. I think five is a like max, max. ceiling, right? Yeah. Right. So five and a half, taking the under the five and a half. Well, I think safe. you know something's going on when you're number one quarterback, and I didn't want him, but what I'm saying is number one quarterback and your number one receiver both leave after the spring game. Yeah, yeah, something's fishy. And Keon Coleman, when he went down there to FSU, when they interviewed him or whatever, he said, "I serve my time." <laughs> nice. So, so whatever's going on up there is it's not good. And, and they done paid this man. I don't even know what the buyout is. There ain't no telling what the buyout is. Right. So who's going to buy? They're going to have to fire him. Yeah. If, if they want to get rid of. Him. I think he's done after this year. 
<laughs> is there a bet on that? Give me a prop bet. <laughs> On, uh, it, they will have some kind of you know sooner or later in far off places now not 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 locally not yeah. not anywhere here but uh, which head coach will be fired first or or whatever so well no doubt Michigan State is going to need some magic moving on uh, Wisconsin Badgers yeah this uh, is this is the west by, side of the Big Ten here led by head coach Luke Fickle what we got there he's coming in from well, Cincinnati real quick let's let's talk about the West in general because looking at the record last year. I mean, it seems like it was just a big toss-up. I mean, you had literally one, two, what, six, five teams within a game or two of each other the entire season. Yeah, this uh, this entire conference feels like it needs some realignment, right? You got all the big boys are over on the east, and then you got the little puddle jumpers over here on the west. No doubt about that, T. Nobody won 10 games on that side last year. Meanwhile, you got three... 11-plus wins over on the uh, East with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Maryland finished fourth in the East. They could win the West. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, talking about Wisconsin, I mean, they are definitely one of the contenders uh, for the West. And they're also preseason ranked at number 23 in the AP poll. Yeah, and last year they were 7-6, and six, uh, six and 6-7 against the spread. Plus 550 to win the Big Ten. They have their season win total set at eight and a half. Juice to the over. You got to lay 140. Or if you're brave enough, you can go under that and get a little plus 110. Uh, Luke Fickle comes in from Cincinnati. I like him. Luke Fickle's a winner. People uh, underestimate what it is to be a winner. Yeah. You got to do things pretty. You don't have to do. You don't have to be like, you know, the next best superstar. Like you don't have to have all the best athletes. You put teams together, and you play team football. And this guy's a winner. And he brought in Phil from North Carolina. Drake who's gonna, May. He's going who who Drake took, he put I think he did more for Drake May than yeah, Drake May absolutely. did for him. That's what I'm saying. And yep. so I think that he's gonna come in. They're gonna up tempo this. They're gonna be uh hard to keep up with. Those big ten defenses are gonna have a hard time keeping up with them. And I think Wisconsin has a breakout season, man. I'm on the Wisconsin bandwagon. I've always liked Wisconsin. Yeah. I've always liked their they've always uh ran the ball well, they've always, always had big offensive lines. They've always played tough defense. Yeah, I mean, physical. Jeff, They're a physical football team. Yeah, Jeff had a nice little uh, chat about uh, Phil Longo when we talked about the ACC, about how uh, how much he influenced Drake May. So uh, to have him there up at Wisconsin's got to be nothing but positive. And he got Tanner Mordecai to come out of SMU, who, yeah, he's not Drake May, but 3,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, he can throw the ball. He can absolutely throw it. Graham Mertz is the uh, the one that the quarterback he left and went to Florida. Bless their heart. Um, <laughs> but they're running back Braylon Allen, 230 carries last year, 1,242 yards, 11 touchdowns. Chez Mel- Melusi. 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 He'll be the backup. Um, old Chez. Yeah, old Chez. They got, they got several receivers that are coming back, the, the two uh, – Dyke and Skylar Bell and Kenantes Lewis, they return. They combine for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. They get a transfer out of USC, C.J. Williams. You know he's gonna. You know he can play. If he's coming from USC and Lincoln Riley recruited him, you know he can play. And, and I'm sure he likes that up-tempo kind of deal too. The biggest thing for me is this offensive line. I don't know. They, they got a Cincinnati transfer, Jake Renfro. He, he come over, the center came over with Luke Fickle. They got Jack, Jack Nelson coming back as a guard. But what I want to know from you guys is this Phil Longo offense, 
is this offensive line built to handle it? Because, like I said, they get one return. They get Jake Nelson coming back at guard. They had to get a center to come over from Cincinnati. Are they built to handle this up-tempo, or is Longo going to have to punt this first year and figure out things? I don't know. I think these two guys are good enough coaches together that they're going to figure it out. They're going to get the right people in the right place, and I think they're going to figure it out. And they got to – I mean, look at their schedule. Yes. Their schedule is – Beautiful. Beautiful. It's beautiful. laid out perfect. Like, I mean, we'll know week two because they got to, they got to go to Washington State. Yeah. Washington State beat them last year at Camp Randall. If they win that game, they should beat my alma mater, Georgia Southern, unfortunately. I, I, they better not sleep on Georgia Southern. They, don't, they won't sleep on them, but they should beat them. Uh, and they got them, of course, at home, you know, and then they go to Purdue – Rutgers, Iowa. I've got them losing to uh, – if they get past Washington State, they could be undefeated down to the Ohio State game. So uh, the, the Iowa game is going to be tough, though. Uh, I don't know. I'm not big on Iowa. Y'all got Iowa. I'm not big on Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I'm big on – I like Iowa. Well, I mean, you know, and by the time – if they can go undefeated, let's just say they do go undefeated. So by the time they get to Ohio State, that's at the end of October, the offense should be figured out by then. Yeah. One way or the other. Either either it's back to ground and pound with uh, Braylon Allen and Chez, or or it is the, um, t- the up-tempo uh, play action, you know, all that kind of stuff that he likes to do. I think worst case, they're 9-3. and three. Well, the, the, the reason why I bring up Iowa is everything that I've seen, Wisconsin and Iowa are both the contenders for the West. So it's a big game for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Wisconsin was six and zero last year when running for more than 192 yards, and they were one and six when they didn't. So it'll be interesting to see. Do they try to ground and pound and get over that proverbial uh, win total in rush yards, or does Phil Longo come in and they just completely throw that to the wayside and they start running these little slants and underneath throws and kind of yeah. uh, scat back and and that kind of stuff and kind of you know just mix and run here and there. Really, you just got to circle September 9th. Watch that Washington State game. Yeah. If they if they can handle Washington State, like handle them, not just barely squeak by, but if they can handle them, then then there's a good chance they go 9-3, and 10-2, maybe 10-2. And I know it's not the same staff, but they got to have that game circled because Washington State went into Camp Randall last year, second game of the season, and beat them 17-14. Yeah. So it's not like they won't be focused. Yeah. You know. And their their defense, they get eight starters back on defense. They do have a new uh, defensive coordinator, Mike Tressel. He came over with Fickle from Cincinnati. But, again, They like Cincinnati coaches, I guess, huh? But those guys work together. When you get guys that are successful and they win and they work together and they win at a program, when you move them together to another program, they usually don't stop their winning ways. They usually don't change their ways. Yeah, they get their three leading tacklers back. Uh, All three of them are linebackers. Uh, Defensive line, they get get a senior back in Isaiah Mullins. They get Gio Paez. He's there on the line. Secondary, they get a Boston College transfer. And Jason Matre, they like him. They really like him. Even he was at Boston College. They, they, they're big on him. They got Alexander Smith back, Rico Hallman. So, uh, defensively, I, I think they're going to be fine. Fine. If, if. Now, this is another thing. Yes, eight starters return. If they go to the up, up tempo, is that defense going to be equipped to handle the amount of time they're going to be on the field? Right. You know, that does matter. I Trust me, I, Gus Malzahn was my head coach for uh, – or my team's head coach. for, And I saw the defense uh, – I saw us go from an SEC powerhouse defense to 
barely hanging on by a thread because we were out there all the time. Gassed. You yeah. know, and in, in, in the big the Big Ten, you know, well, Michigan, the Michigans and the Ohio States and the Penn States, they're going to keep coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. So better have a hell of a uh, conditioning program this offseason. You better score, too. Yep. So, you know, it's just a question. First uh, downs, first downs. I, I went over the eight and a half. I think they're over. And I, I am this close to taking the plus 550 to win a Big Ten. I, I'm just this close. I just don't know if they can beat Michigan. They're not going to beat Michigan. They're not going to have that big – they're going to have a breakout season, but they're not going to break out that much. But it won't be long in – Who knows? Jim Harbaugh might get suspended for the whole well, year. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? All right, let's 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 move on to uh, P.J. Fleck in the Minnesota Golden the, Gopher. Does anybody know what the trend is in dual offensive coordinators? Like, why the fuck is this a thing? Listen, that whole Maryland thing blows my mind. And you pick them two – Kevin Sullivan, Solman and uh, Loxley, they must be tight, or they maybe they've coached together in the past or whatever. But the Josh Gaddis, nobody wanted Josh Gaddis. Miami fans, they don't ever want to hear his name again. Well, I mean, same thing with Minnesota with Simon and Harbaugh Jr. coming in co-offensive. Like, okay. What the fuck? He hired is it, is with him. Is it because him? of LSU? Is it because they had Joe Brady? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but – but the thing, you know, so P.J. Fleck, both of those guys are within. You know, he built his program, his staff within. Yeah. Those are both within hires. So, you know, they just they've been on the staff. P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They were nine and four last year, seven and six against the spread. They're thirty to one to win the Big Ten. They have a win season total of seven and a half. If you go over, you get plus one twenty five. If you go under, you got to make you got to lay one fifty. They have the eighth hardest schedule in the nation. Yeah, this this suckers. Uh, I mean, they they got North Carolina the third game, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And look at that September twenty third game, Northwestern. Mm. So, this is going to be a team of regression, in my opinion. Uh, last year, least amount pass attempts in the Power Five. 70% run first, and that's because they had Mo Abraham. He was, he's gone to the NFL. He was their all-time leading rusher. Um, quarterback's gone. Uh, I think he plays for Tampa Bay now. Um, they get Athen Kiamalis come in. He's a sophomore. He's only thrown for 946 yards, three touchdowns. He's got more interceptions than he does touchdowns. But they like his arm. Got a big arm. <laughs> I guess. So – uh, the cover might be getting bare up there. I, I don't know. Uh, they they get a Western Michigan transfer to come in to run the ball. He had a thousand yards. Zach Zach Evan was a he's a freshman. They got Darius Taylor, so they got three guys they're gonna look at there. Wide receiver Chris Autumn Bell. He's coming back from injury. He had twelve touchdowns in two thousand one or two thousand twenty one. Didn't play at all last year. Daniel Jackson thirty seven receptions, five hundred fifty seven yards, five touchdowns. Um, I think they got big time problems. Well, 1941 was the last time they won the Big Ten Championship, and it uh, looks like that streak will continue. And Tony was talking about Iowa just a minute ago. P.J. Fleck is 0-6 against Iowa. 0-6. So when you look at that schedule, you know, like I said, they got the win total set at 7.5. You look at that schedule, you look at their defense – they got a great defensive coordinator in Joe Rossi. He's highly thought of. People thought he would have been long gone by now. I don't know if he must he just must love PJ. I don't know. I have no idea what they're paying him. But they were 118th in the nation in sacks last year. 
I got them seven five. I got yeah. them. Yeah, that's I mean, what I got. They're gonna yeah. win Nebraska, win Eastern Michigan, North Carolina's a pick them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I disagree. North Carolina's going to destroy them. Yeah, it feels like North Carolina's going to kill them, I too. I think North Carolina's going to surprise some people. I bet under 7.5 at plus – or at minus 150. Yep. Under. And I don't know if they win six games. Under where? Because they're going to be shitty. Yeah. I mean, no, they're not going to be shitty, but they're not going to be like the Wisconsin yeah. team. Look how they – 7-5 is not shitty shitty. Well, they're they just, go they get to go to a bowl. Somebody's got to be in the middle of the pack. Yeah, Music City Bowl or yeah. something like that. But uh, but they they get to end the season with Ohio State and Wisconsin. So all right, let's talk about Iowa Hawkeyes. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Kirk Ferentz, twenty fifth year. That's a long time. <laughs> they were eight and five last year, and eight and five against the spread. Yeah, they they finished outside the top twenty five last year, but they are preseason ranked at number twenty one. I'm yeah. guessing I'm guessing he's not getting that Mel Tucker money. Ah, yeah, well, the whole – listen, his son is the offensive coordinator. Okay. Yeah. And they just – Gary Barnum was the AD, which he's gone now. He just – but he just renegotiated Brian Francis' contract, and he has to average 25 points a game, and they have to win seven games or he's fired. Mm. So that's, that's, that's kind of a weird situation to put that in. And talk about nepotism. I mean, what what are we doing here? Right. Um, and they only averaged 18 point, Hold, points. So let game, me let me so. understand. So, so his dad laid out the stakes for him. No, the AD did. I think it was the AD. Oh wow! Yeah, and, well, the, and the AD's been there gone for now. Twenty-five years. There's a new AD now who's probably going to clean house. Oh boy! No matter you know, it's probably coming. Um, and they only averaged 18 and a half points a game last year. It's 117th in the nation. Yeah, best of luck to you, Kurt. Well, I mean, everybody's pretty high on them. They, they have them contending for the West against Wisconsin. So, I mean, we talked about it a few minutes ago. Um, you know, that that game, October 14th, it's going to be a good, it's gonna be a big game for them. Yeah, I mean, they did get uh, Cade McNamara. So, we'll see what he does coming back from knee surgery. Um, Mel Michigan back up. Yes, sir. Actually, I think he started two games for them last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did start. I think he might have started the first game, maybe. But yeah, I want to say he started the first or second. Yeah, he definitely started the first game. I'm well, I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, I agree with you. I think he started the first and second, and then he got kicked to the backside. Uh, they uh, got what two running backs: Caleb Johnson, LeSean Williams, uh, 1191 yards, eight touchdowns combined. Uh, receiver, senior receiver coming back in Nico Ragney, 386 and one TD. Not great. Not great, but, you know, they've always been known for their tight ends, so they get the Michigan transfer, Eric Isle, which is him and Kay McNamara, they were BFF, so that's not surprising whatsoever. Um, but Iowa loves to tackle. They love to take the ball away. The defense was absolutely ridiculous last year. They allowed 13 or fewer points in 10 games last year. Um, of course, they did get annihilated by Ohio State 54-10, to 10, but other than that, I mean – is that defense going to be the same as it was last year? They're returning seven starters. Well, I, you know, it's hard to it's going to be hard for them to duplicate that. But that's their game. I mean, that's what they seem to do every year. They they lost Jack Campbell to the Lions, so the linebacker he's going to be a big hit. So yeah, and look, they don't have to play Michigan, and they don't have to play Ohio State. So Ryan Ferentz, he he caught a break in that. You know, I mean, that's huge when you can uh, avoid both of those guys. Yeah, Penn State and Wisconsin are the seem like the two really, 
really big games for them. Yeah, and look, that's September twenty third again. And it, it well, and and they also have to finish at Nebraska in November, and you know the weather's never great. No, no, it'll be nasty. And even when they, you know, they get Illinois the game before that. That's it's Illinois is going to be good. We probably should have talked about them, but we didn't. But here, here's a nugget for you guys. I was fourteen and two when the point spread is five and a half or less. Since 2019, 2022, they are 32 and 16 to the under. That just goes back to what we were talking about, that defense. I mean, where does the schedule rank in terms of difficulty, though? 59th. I mean, they've got Penn State and they've got Wisconsin. And every other game they could win. I mean. Well, look, he lost to Iowa State for the first time last year since Matt Campbell's been the coach at Iowa State. We got that as a pick em. Yep. I mean, they're going to beat Utah State. Iowa State, okay, is a pick them. Western Michigan, they win. Penn State, loss. Michigan State, probably win. Purdue, win. Wisconsin, loss. Minnesota, win. Northwestern, win. Rutgers, win. Illinois, pick them. And Nebraska, win. So, yeah, he's 6-0. I mean, they, they could be 10-2. Well, I got them going 9-4. and four. That's that's what I that's my projections. And uh, I went ahead and I, I bet they over. And look, he's beat, he's beat Minnesota six years in a row. To pick them against Illinois, that's going to probably be important. And they got – I mean, they have to finish out the season. They should be one, two, three, four, five, and 0 to end the season. All right, got to be a little bit honest here. I don't know. I'm not tied in super deep to the Iowa rivalry, but why would Iowa-Iowa State not be further down the line in the in the scheduling here? Big 12, they, Big 12, Big 10. Okay. They just always play it earlier or just whenever it fits in? Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure all that's about to change, too, with all these other teams coming in. So they probably won't even play them anymore. I haven't seen the schedule for next year, but, you know, there's a lot of these rivalry games that are that are gone. Yeah. I mean, Think about that, I Oregon and Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like Georgia, AC, and Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, right? right. Alabama-Auburn and yeah. all that. But you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Alabama-Auburn, yeah. yeah. yeah well, Alabama-Auburn, at least they're in the same conference. But Georgia Tech, Georgia – Two completely separate conferences, but every year it's the last game of the year. Yeah, but you know they they the Auburn and Alabama games moved up a week, so in the Georgia Auburn game, remember they always used to play toward the end of the year. Now it's like the third or fourth game of the year. Mm. So I mean, everything we knew growing up, we might as well forget it because it's over. Well, yeah, and I saw an article the other day. It was actually a tweet from Lane Kiffin. Was, I mean, he basically has jumped on the bandwagon against all the division changes and he was talking about tradition yeah. and rivalries and everything we know. Right. And it's all evolving. It's all changing. So Yeah. Well, yeah. Kiff, Kiffin's against it and then uh Chip Kelly came out and he seems like he's just blow the whole thing up and just make everybody independent. Look, Chip Kelly. He wants the T V money. That's well, all he's ever done. But he knows that where he's at on the West Coast and what he's been able to do, you know, remember he was at Oregon too now. Mm-hmm. So he could recruit all that. Well, now half of his game's going to be across the damn nation. Right. So now you got to figure out how to get in that recruiting base. And that's against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Pitt. And it's, it's, not, just, it's not just football. What about all the other sports getting their students and their, their athletes back and forth? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was Chip Kelly's point to yeah. a to a degree. It was basically that why don't we just blow up football completely and go independent everyone? It's not that big of a deal for football to travel because we only travel once a week. 
it's stupid to completely spread all these conferences out because every other sport's playing daily or yeah. you know every other day baseball softball basketball whatever it may be and that's just way too much travel for these student athletes that have tests and papers well, and all kinds of crap that they got to take care of at school i went ahead and took over eight and a half okay over eight plus and a half. 110 yep i like them over as well I so mean, let's let's Wisconsin or Iowa, Jeff? What, what's your... Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right, perfect. Uh, Northwestern. Yeah, this is going to be... Uh, not a, We're not going to blab a lot here. Uh, they were 1-11 straight up last year, 5-7 and seven against the spread. They're 300-1 to win the Big Ten, and honestly, it should be like 3,000-1. Win total set at 2.5. They had the worst season since 1989 last year, they lost 11 straight. Yeah, 128th in offense, 123 yards, <laughs> fifth fewest touchdowns, and they fired their coach for hey, Pat Fitzgerald. He was the prodigal son now. He was, you know, the all-Big Ten, the all-everything, the Rose Bowl, go to the Rose Bowl. They fired him for these alleged, alleged hazing deals that went on fired the whole coach staff everybody the poor guy who got the job the defensive coordinator who got the job they didn't hire him till january and the only reason he got the job is because he wasn't part of the staff from last year <laughs> wow that's a dumpster fire right <laughs> he backdoored his way right into the I AD mean, job uh, uh, they only got they got four offensive starters returning they got outscored last year 323 to 165 Whew. Yeah, I was looking at uh, some stats from last year. Second quarter scoring opponents, 114, Northwestern 47. God. Fourth down conversions, opponents, 12 of 17. That's 71% clip. Northwestern, 19 of 39, less than 50%. So, Goodness. 48th hardest schedule in the nation, too. Oh, boy. Yeah, so uh, uh, loss, 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 loss. We got him. Uh, well, Jeff here has got him at uh, plus minus two, or excuse me, the over under at two and a half. Which way are you going? That I took. I laid the one forty and went under two and a half. Under two and a half. Yeah. Look. Woo! But look, the first game of the season, the first game of the season is a pick 'em, and they're on the road. Now Rutgers, uh, we'll see. But I trust Greg Schiano at home over than what what this team is going to bring. I mean, and that's the only game. Every game, every other game, I got them as double digit underdogs. Man. Mm. I mean, yeah, they're favored over UTEP, three and a half, but that's not a gimme. I'm telling you, UTEP's... Uh, hold on, you missed Howard there on October 7th. Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry, October. I, yep, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got him as 28-point favorites over Howard, 27 and a half over Howard. So, anyway, I don't think they beat Rutgers. Right. And I don't think they beat UTEP, to be honest with you. I just don't know what this team... Can you imagine what these guys are thinking? What I mean, how... I, I just can't even imagine. They got to get Coach O up there. I'd be I'd be curious how many students they had, how many athletes they had that were in the transfer portal. Oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about looking at that, but but you know, though they have athletes like what Stanford has and what you know schools like the academic schools, right. you know. So yeah. it, even if they had I, now, listen, I will say this: their best offensive lineman he hit the portal and Auburn got him. Auburn got him, which was huge because. We had to rebuild our whole offensive line, but that's for another one. Oh, we're going to go on and on about the SEC. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm under two and a half. Under two and a half. Man. Like I said, they got outscored last year 325 to 165. 
Yeah, well, they... Uh, PATs, 43 of 43 for opponents. Northwestern, 18. See? 18. See? Oh, yeah. 128. They, only, they were 128 they only scored, out of all. They only scored 18 TDs the entire year. Last year, there was only 131 teams in the big boys. They were 128 out of 131 in offense. Jeez Louise. Think about that. Yeah. And it's not looking any better. So, Northwestern is the dumpster fire of the Big Ten. Nobody ever got hurt for jumping out of a basement window. No. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck, Northwestern. All right, so let's uh, let's shift gears from Northwestern. We're going to talk about Purdue. Um, Purdue had a uh, a tough off season. They they've pretty much lost everything on offense. Uh, the head coach is the big deal, Ryan Walters. Yeah, it's his first it's his first uh, year there because uh, Jeff Brom left for his home at Louisville. So, and you're talking about uh, a a coach that took them to the Big Ten title game last year. So. Um, that's a real big deal. Ryan Walter steps in. He he gets the fourth toughest schedule in the nation. Um, yeah, they've got Ohio and Michigan, and then they go on the road for Iowa and Nebraska. So it's going to be tough on them. Yeah, and that's just conference play. I mean, that's just conference play because, look, they opened up against Fresno State. And, yeah, it's not the same Fresno State from the last two years, but they're still capable of going – up there to West Lafayette and pulling an upset. That is that, and and they're only a five and a half point favorite. So that tells you right there, what you know, what Ryan Walters is up against. Um, yeah, it's tough because Brom had them, you know, trending in the right direction. They had nine wins in twenty one, eight wins in twenty twenty two. That's the best two year run for Purdue, Purdue football since the uh, late great late great Joe Tiller yeah. uh, came with back to back seasons in ninety seven ninety eight. And right as they're going. He darts to Louisville. So, um, yeah, I saw some predictions um, three and nine this year for them, which is, um, I mean, it's kind of a fall from grace. I mean, they had a great season last year, and and you know now they they've got to start rebuilding again. I mean, I got them favored in four games, but like I said, that first game of the season's uh, that's they better be ready, and then they have to go on the road. To Virginia Tech, it's never easy to play in Blacksburg, even though Virginia Tech's down, which I think Virginia Tech will be much improved from what they were last year. But it's never easy to go on the road and play and play over there. So uh, Syracuse, see, Syracuse is, is going to be another one. that They're in about that same situation that Purdue's in. They're not real sure what they have, but what Syracuse does have is their head coach is back. So, you know, they're not just totally blowing it up and starting over. All right. What's uh what's in the cards for old uh, Hudson Card is going to be the uh, the key player of the uh, of the team there for the Boilermakers. Uh, he was a great get for Texas, but then Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning came in. He uh, kind of got shuffled to the back, so he transferred up to Purdue, and we'll see what uh, Hudson Card can do for the Boilermakers. Well, I think he's a very comparable quarterback. I think he's capable. Is he one of those game manager type of quarterbacks, which is honestly probably what Purdue needs right now. You know, it would it would be great to see them rally and get to six wins and make a bowl in Ryan Walters' first year. But honestly, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for them. They they got it. They got their work cut out for them. All right. So you're thinking four games. I'm thinking four games max. Um, that to me, that's their ceiling. All right, so my uh, stay in the truck award for this week is uh, Phil Mickelson. Hmm. 
via Rory McIlroy, even though Phil really didn't come out and do anything crazy this week. But Rory dropped a great uh, zinger one-liner in a press conference um, at the playoffs this week, and he said, um, at least you can bet on the Ryder Cup now, Phil, because apparently uh, Phil was trying to make a $400,000 bet on the uh, 2012 Ryder Cup that the United States wins. Uh, They lost, by the way. But, I mean, Phil, what the hell are you doing? You're like a modern-day Arnold Palmer. You've got more money than you know what to do with. You're putting your entire career and life on the line for a $400,000 bet. Let's say it pays you double. So let's let's say maximum, you're probably going to get a $400,000 payout. What is $400,000 to you? You win one tournament, you make 800, a million bucks. I mean, Phil, I just don't get it. I don't know why you would risk your whole career for this. He, uh, he's supposedly bet over a billion dollars in his career, lost over a hundred million, but, um, risking it all on this, uh, Ryder Cup bet is a real boneheaded move. You know, it, it seems like if you've looked since he joined Liv, right? I mean, he, he was like the punching bag. I mean, he became the bad guy, the villain. Right. And then all of a sudden you see him and he's got the dark sunglasses on. He's got the all black and he, he's almost trying to become that character where he's the bad guy. Yeah. But the feel that we grew up watching, he's not a bad guy. I mean, you saw no. him, he won the Masters and you see him with his family at Dunkin' Donuts at the drive-thru, you know, the morning after in Augusta. Right. He's... Yeah, he's, yeah. He's not that guy. He's trying too hard. The whole unshaven, let me get the goatee and all that. It's not working for him. He needs to quit being the bad guy and quit trying to embrace all the bad press. Yeah. Come back to the Phil that everybody loved. Um, I mean, I still like Phil. Um, I'm not a huge Roy fan. Roy uh, lost his best friend in Jay Monahan a few weeks ago, as we know, and he seems to always just try to be making press. Um I am a Phil fan, but I completely agree with you, Tony. He does seem like he's trying to play the antithesis, uh, this bad guy image and look when he needs to just get back to the people that uh, are the person that people all loved and wanted to root for. All right, Jeff, why don't you uh, take us into your stay in the truck for the week? Oh, me. And I'm sure this is going to ruffle some feathers because they have a huge fan base. Notre Dame. You know, the team that refuses to join a conference because NBC gives them 75 or $80 million a year to play independently and on their network pretty much dodges every team from the SEC. I think they played Tennessee like 10 years ago or something, you know. They've played Georgia a couple times. Yeah. Well, here, look, so when all this uh, – when the, when the Pac-12 is blowing up, disbanding, like we said it was going to, here's Cal and Stanford, right? They're left out there. Where are they going to go? So the ACC holds a meeting. I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. All the presidents to decide: Are we going to are we going to try to put our footprint out there on the West Coast and and take Stanford and Cal in? Well, guess who's invited to the meeting? Notre Dame. Sure. Why sure. wouldn't they? Because you know they play basketball in the ACC or whatever, but they 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 refuse to join the conference, right? Right. Okay, so in order for the ACC to take in new teams, it takes 12 out of 15 votes. Well, some of the presidents were like, no way, no way. And then some of them were like, well, yeah, it's great academics. 
you know, they, they have all these players and this and that and the other, and we can get our market out there. And they're, and, and they're like, no, no, we don't want to do that. We, we need to figure out something else. Well, then Notre Dame decides to chime in and try to get Cal and Stanford. And you know why? Because Notre Dame plays Stanford every year. So guess what? The president's told him, go sit, go sit in the truck, Notre Dame. We don't need your opinion. If you want to join our conference, then you can get a vote at the table. That's awesome. That's great. Notre Dame, stay in the truck. So my stay in the truck this week is going to go to Penn Entertainment. Penn mm. Entertainment bought Barstool, Barstool Sports from, it wasn't Dave Portnoy. He sold to whoever that was in 2016. Penn Entertainment paid, I think, 500, roughly $550 million for Barstool Sports. Uh, this week... Dave Portnoy bought Barstool Sports back for $1. Penn Entertainment estimates a loss of around $850 million in this venture. Now, they did it because they think that they have a $2 billion opportunity to go back to ESPN with their online gambling because of all the sanctions and things that Barstool Sports itself Mm -hmm. didn't really qualify for. But on the front end right now, you're gambling an $850 million loss in hopes that this ESPN sports betting comes through for you. So good luck, Penn Entertainment. Stay in the truck, kids. That's right. And the shares are already going down. Dropping. So, yeah. Yeah, I heard there was like a do not – he's not allowed to sell, though. Something, Some sort of clause in there well, where he's they, – They get like 50% of the proceeds yeah, if, if he, he sells. sells or whatever, okay. so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get they, – yeah, if he sells. But he said right. he ain't never selling. That boy Dave Portnoy striking the deal of the year yeah. for yeah. selling your company yeah. for 550 mil, putting so much money in your pocket, and then getting it back. Yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why he's doing pizza reviews. I'm telling you, man. He's fucking yeah. killing it. Yeah. That boy. All right. My stay in the truck award this week are the Rome Braves. So this is Atlanta's minor league – High A affiliate yep. for the Atlanta Braves, their feeder team. Um, so apparently in 2024, they're going to be dropping the Braves as their mascot and their name. So we've got notable Atlanta Braves that's come through here. Jeff Francoeur, Ronald Nakuna Jr., Michael Harris III. So that's going to happen. Uh, the Rome Professional Baseball Club. Are allowing fans to submit ideas for their new team name. All right, so a couple things. Uh, Mississippi, the Mississippi Braves are going to be the only team that's left using the Braves moniker. I heard in the uh, minor league system. And second, I, I mean, literally, I have the number one name for the Rome Braves, the new Rome Braves. All right, you guys get ready here. The Rome Gnomes. Jesus. How good is that? That's a great minor league team. I mean, right that there. is that's a great. hell of a minor league that's team. You know, it's kind of funny. So, so they get a little known oh, yeah. logo with like a little baseball cap. Yeah. And that. So Jeff and I, um, so we, we go to the bow a lot. And so a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Biloxi Shuckers. Had a great time. MGM Stadium's awesome. Great time. And so I was just curious. So I went to, you know, the website for all of the farm teams for the MLB, it is a hoot to check out all the different teams' names mm-hmm. that are out there. And every MLB team has five, like five feeder teams. It's amazing. You need to go look at it. It's great. It's like yeah. Trash Pandas or something in yeah, Birmingham or something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Chattanooga lookouts and yeah, yeah. yeah I hate things. I hate they're dropping the name. Um, I just can't believe it took well, them this long. If, if all the feeder teams drop it, yeah. So how long until the Braves actually get pressured where they have to drop the name? Well, you know they they had it a couple of years ago and it kind of went away all when all that redskin stuff started happening right. you know even florida state the seminoles running chief osceola out there on the field and throwing the spear down i mean and, i grew yeah. up in the you know chief Atlanta, yeah the fulton yeah. county stadium with we had the tp in the left field you yeah. know yeah i mean it's just it hurts my soul dude i i understand but it still hurts that's it for this week's show We really appreciate you tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. Stay in the truck.